0: This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday night, October 24th, 2019. I'm Kevin Coney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us on a busy Thursday as we
1: enter
0: the Sports Equinox weekend. Although, FanDuel has been promoting Sports Equinox for Sunday, and uh, there's no guarantee it'll be a Sunday. Uh, in Major League Baseball at this rate right, with the way the Nationals have looked in the first two games. so. Uh, but we'll talk a little Eagles. Jeff Mosher will join us uh, in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk about the Eagles and the Bills this weekend, a must-win game, I think it's fair to say, for the Eagles to get some momentum. There's a lot of must-win games for the
1: Eagles coming up.
0: Yeah. we uh, only lose a few more. To get some momentum going here uh, as they move into the second half of the schedule. Um We'll give our NFL and college football picks. It is not a Maybe. great. It is not a great NFL weekend. I think we can safely say that Mike. I always want with a
1: few more by the time I do the thing for betters insiders. It. I don't like the card this week, but that we'll get into that later. It's. It's. Um. This is the one-year anniversary of my wife having her hip replacement surgery. Uh, how is How is Oh yeah, doing? I got her some. Yeah, but it, it's funny. It's been a year. Yeah, doesn't seem like you know. And I remember this time last year because she would have been out. It, it, it was just bad for like a week or so at least because it was just her, her sister came over that was a big help um but it had to be done and now she's better so you Well, know. that's it's you know Kevin the older it's it's funny like I, I walk almost every day now because I got nothing else to do mm-hmm. but there's things like this start creaking in your body like I I had to get down today to get something out of a cabinet and it's like it's harder getting up I mean what is it going to be like in 10 years? well I don't, you know I don't I mean
0: wanna... I, I'm now on my feet more and more again oh, god with my day job and I have found my knees are a little more banged up and yeah I probably am carrying too much weight compared to what I was
1: about I've lost five years eight. ago I mean you know but it's it's getting old you're not old yet you're you're still no. middle age getting old is not and I'm probably better off than a lot of people yeah but man it just. <laughs> and all of a sudden it hits you like Egh.
0: Um Well again. We'll mention e- we'll talk Eagles in about ten minutes, I want to say, but we're gonna start with the story. The immediate story of the day is the end of the managerial search for the Phillies. It is Joe Girardi, uh, who will be the Phillies next manager. Um which I, I find I find it one, I think it's a good move. Um I was trying to get somebody on who could talk about this, but you know all the guys are busy, obviously, as you would uh, expect. We can talk about it, but yeah, and we're going to talk about. It. Uh, kudos to John Middleton, uh, Matt Breen, our buddy had a um, had a nugget that I found interesting. That basically Matt Clintack <laughs> came out at first, and or Matt Clintack, who was the head of the search committee, recommended Girardi over Buck Showalter, which. Kind of bucks, part of the pun. Well, maybe because he,
1: maybe because he thought that that's what
0: Milton John wanted. It.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe he really wanted to look. This this is a whatever you think. They're going to they're they're already winning this off season, again for the second year in a mm-hmm. row. This was the guy that I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I think there's very few managers or coaches who win championships with one team, and then win... like in the NFL, it's almost never happened. Well,
0: when we talked about this last week. The Phillies have not hired a manager who has won a World Series before since 1952. Yeah.
1: This is a rare case of them going and getting an established it's guy. Also a rare case of them getting somebody all the fans want it. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse. I'm saying this was the guy. Everybody around baseball says, hey, this is this is the guy. Not that Buck or or um Dusty, Dusty might not have been. This is the guy. And that's rare because most of the time we get the people that you go, huh? Even Charlie Manuel was like, huh? You could add Jim Leyland turned out fine. They won a world series, but in the history of sports, there's not a lot of coaches, even though he's got a pedigree that win a championship at one team. Cause mm-hmm. I remember when the Eagles were going through this, um, with trying to hire a coach, I guess somebody's name came up, cower or whatever. And they were saying, there's only been like two coaches who won a title with this team and then so we'll see what happens, but I think, I think it's a great day for the organization because I think even though you know there might be dysfunction between what, what the general manager does and what the owner does or whatever, we don't know what the other guy does. Um,
0: That's a common trait.
1: But I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I know. Because they kidding. got their guy, and I think, look, free agents come because of money, and Klintak's going to have to go out and make some deals – like he did last offseason, he made right. some good deals. I, I thought getting the shortstop. A, to and, Mike,
0: this- I, I think when you look at it, you know, they have pushed the envelope here on analytics. And, the, you know, the owner has made a case about how analytical well, baseball he, has pushed the yeah, envelope, right? but, I mean, even for them, they yeah. have gone from. Well, they, they were extre- so far. They were extreme A, then they went right, to extreme right, B. Right. They needed to find a middle ground. Right. And we've talked about this on this show. Dusty Baker and Buck Waller were not going to be middle ground because okay. they're both older school managers. Right. Now, could they have adapted? Sure, but they were probably going to do it their they way. They were going to do it their right. way. And, and Joe Girardi was named Joey Binders for a reason up in New York, mm-hmm. and,
1: and he does believe in numbers, but he also does believe in the in the feel of the manager's and I think office. that's the whole key is, I think, from what I've heard anyway, Girardi's got a gut. It'll go to that gut sometimes, and man, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe if you're an analytics guy, you should always be an analytics guy. I think that's the the, the thing that um, Gabe got caught up with. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you when you walk Freddie well, Freeman, he that was time. yeah, he was spreadsheet Gabe, and, and but you know some guys do that and it works. Um, but I think Joe Girardi, I think players will probably now in New York he had the greatest resources and he only won one title.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Middleton's going to give him resources, I'm assuming, or he's going to try. But I think, you know, let's, you know, will they win a World Series in the next five years? Because that's what you're kind of looking and at, And that's right? the
0: window, obviously, with the Harper contract, and you would think, yeah. and, and look, it's being proven how difficult. I mean, do you
1: think, let me, I'll ask you, and I'll, we'll take it five years because it's hard to take it, even five's a long time. Yeah. You think in the next five years they will, let me put it this way, get to a World Series. I won't say win a well, World Series. I'll say get to a World Series.
0: You know, and this is the I think this is one thing that people have to understand. And yeah, I'm, I'm ducking the question, but look at Washington. If you had put in 2012, OK, you're going to have a five year window or the Nationals going to get to a World Series with Strasburg and, and Harper and and all that. And at the end of the window, it's going to be, oh, you're going to add Scherzer and all these guys. You would have said, yeah, well, they didn't. Then if you went this year and went, are the Nationals going to the World Series without Harper, Strasburg, and, and, and is older? Uh, you know, obviously Scherzer's older. Bullpen's a mess. Strasburg's only twenty nine, right?
1: Y- yeah, but I know he's been majors for a long long time. time. He's only twenty nine. <laughs> I mean, like, but the idea of he could opt out, I, all I that. I get it. I get um,
0: it. If you know if but you know what I'm saying. If you had said it at the beginning of the year to me. Well, the Nationals are going to go now that the a World Series. I'm going to be like, get out but of here. The sport is funny. It's basically the point I'm saying. The sport is funny. So to put a timetable on that, no. no but no, what
1: Joe Girardi? I'm not putting a timetable no. on it. I, the I, city I, will put. If We're God. sitting here four years from now, let's say, and haven't been to a World Series, and maybe the Braves have, <clears> or God forbid, the Mets. I'm not going to throw the Mets in there, but and it, let's say the Nats win it. You know, and maybe the Nats will be good again. I, but I'm saying is Philadelphia. Four years we're sitting here, and they haven't gotten to a World Series.
0: They'll be in the playoffs. What what Joe Girardi does is increase the opportunity. I almost view it as the way like Terry Francona when he came in the Cleveland. It increases your opportunity to make the playoffs a a hundredfold. Think about this. But the problem is. You still have the obstacles there. Sure. You still have to go get the the personnel to Absolutely. go oversee them. Yeah. Are it's a commitment from the organization that they're going to.
1: This gave them the best shot you to went, overcome the nationals. You went from Gabe Kapler to Joe Girardi. Okay. Gabe Kapler might turn out to be a good manager somewhere else. I don't know this. They had some some on ESPN. They had some stat the stat guy Hembo. Apparently, over his career with the Yankees, Girardi, like, his average was whatever the line Vegas put out on mm-hmm. what they thought the Yankees were going to be. And usually that number's high. Yeah, right? accurate. But he was, like, three games over. So his average was that his teams did better than whatever Vegas, at the beginning of the year, had, had them doing. Which I don't know what that means. I But it gives you, to me, instant credibility. There
0: is one area... In talking to some people I know up in New York, there's one area that, and I was concerned about it when Girardi got let go by the Yankees two years ago. It's, can he have the personal relationship that, I mean, he's an intense guy. He's that old fire wagon catcher, rah-rah. The way Gabe did it didn't work. Right. But Gabe was the friend. But... Are you going to, has he learned to balance it, in other words? I
1: I don't care. I I don't, you know, once again, we're going to overanalyze. You went out last year and got the best free agent on the market. Forget Machado. Machado's good. But you got the best free agent on the market. You went out this year and got the best manager on the market. I don't know what it's going to lead to. But I cannot. If, if he's got a flaw in his game, fine. We'll find out about the flaw. Everybody's got a flaw in their sure. game. Sure. I don't care who you bring in.
0: I'm wondering if two years away has helped him find. You know, look, everybody yeah. everybody looks at their personal style, especially when you get to your mid fifties and everything. So who has to change? The manager or the players? Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But what I'm saying is, when jo- I do think that if, the manager has to if, find. If a Joe way.
1: Girardi gets five years, which I'm. Guessing that's probably what'll it be right. Well,
0: the contract's three and an
1: option. Three and an option. Okay, so it's not that. Okay, he's the one who's going to walk into the clubhouse and say, "Guys, you know, this is how I do it." Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I've, you know, maybe I'm going to be, but you know, and then I think it's up to. Uh, I mean, we heard that Riamolto was a leader. Um, I'm assuming the Phillies are going to try to sign him. Hoskins
0: is s- supposed to be a so, leader. What I'm
1: saying, then, it's up to those guys to kind of. You know, and, and let's see what they do in the offseason. You know, are they going to go out and make a move at Garrett Cole? I, knowing Middleton, I guess they might. Um, let's see what their team looks like next spring. Um, they're in a tough division. Probably going to have the World Series champion and the Braves and, you know, the Met. so, but I, they, they can't lose. E- even if this doesn't work out, they made the right call. Not that Buck yeah, would have been the wrong no,
0: call. Nobody's going to blame. Nobody's going to blame him. Joe Girardi. No. and nobody's going to blame the uh, John well, John the General. Ma-
1: nobody's going to blame Middleton. No, it's all the,
0: the general manager gets yeah. blamed if they don't. Make but now,
1: but now, Klentak has a job to do now. Okay. Oh yeah, he's got to go out because Middleton's money can only buy so much. Mm-hmm. You, you, if it comes to Garrett Cole. but and, and I thought Klentak for all the the things we criticize him for. The two moves he made last offseason, I thought were really good, getting the catcher and getting the shortstop. Shortstop, maybe not as good, you know, as it turns out. But the catcher, you got the best catcher in baseball. You had to give up your your pitching prospect. I I get that. Um, So now he's got to go out, and and they've got holes well, to fill. Yeah, I But mean, starting pitching is the clear hole. That well, cannot if you get, be ignored. If you get Garrett Cole, and I'm not saying you're going to, if you get Garrett Cole, that,
0: then he brings Spencer Howard up and – you got Jake Arietta coming back today.
1: I mean, if if your four starters were Garakol, uh Noah, Arietta and the kid they're bringing up. By the way, I am
0: convinced it is less than 5% that they're going to get Garakol.
1: I agree with you. But you know Middleton. <laughs> I mean, he might sit there and go whatever the, and you know how I feel about pitchers, you know, because because you sign a pitcher mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's not but you know John. John could be like, you know, um what's what's he asking for? Yeah, okay. I got that one. Who's that? Ne- who's forget Colvin. Who who are the other Oh yeah, Bum pitch- Gardner, yeah, Pam. I don't want Bum I, I I I just think he's had you know we're talking about five years ago, what 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 he was. Who else?
0: I'm I'm looking there. Oh, okay.
1: No, no, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh. I, I just know you know baseball. Um would would you sign Bum Gardner? Would you give him that money? It depends on the money. Yeah, well, he's going to get a lot of money. How old is Bum Bum Garner's like thirty. Well, here, here you go.
0: Um, looking at this top t- top twenty free agents of the offseason. season. Uh, J.D. Martinez could be in that. I mean, it's not as good a class as it was last year, but Cole's obviously the leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you have Rendon. Yeah,
1: Strasburg. Uh, who could be a Could leave player option. Okay. Bum gardener. You think Rendon's going to go back to the Nats if they if they win? Who, Strasburg? No, Rendon. You think Rendon uh, goes back to the Nats? I don't Nats? think there's a
0: given on that. Uh Ryu from the Dodgers who's 32. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I mean, whole problem is when you give 32-year-old guy or 30-year-old a oh, 5-year contract, you risk a well, lot. Well, yeah. And some of them pan out, but but Zach, Zach Wheeler is going to be a
0: free agent? Yeah. Jay Rizzy. See, so you know twenty nine,
1: and I do. Really? How old is Col- How old is um the guy from the Astros, Garrett? Uh, I want to say
0: twenty. I want to say right around thirty.
1: Okay, and was this a breakout year 29. for him? Or yeah. For- uh, well, no, he was, good with, he the was good with the Pirates, right? Okay, but you know, would he's you- not twenty and five with a two fifty? Yeah, but would you if you're John Milton? See, one thing about Baumgartner is. If you got it's not to the money. if you got to the postseason, I think he's really good. Like I think some. I still just if you're asking me
0: about Madison Bumgarner, I think there's still some weapons left in there. Or some, yeah, but some are you going to bullets pay him, left in the gun? Like,
1: yeah, it just. I, I'm not saying I would not sign him. I just think that's a lot of money for. a Is guy. it a risk? He's got sure. a lot of mileage on him. You know. Yeah, I have Cole Hamels
0: by the way out there too.
1: See, and and, and that. But Hamels, but Hamels is how, not a one or a two. How, He's old's gotta be. how old's Cole now? 36, 37. That's somebody, if, if you could bring him in. Who had at, injury issues this year. Yeah. If you could bring him in at a good price, which you probably not. But if you could bring him in at a good price to be you your. You can't rely on him to be a or one or four?
0: two. No, you can't. I, no, no. Yeah, he yeah, has four. to be a three or four.
1: Okay. But then you still have to probably go out and get. and, for, and I, You can't and count look, on. Mike, we haven't even touched the other issues. But you can't have. count on Arietta, can you? No. But they're going to probably because. And and so who, Pavetta gone? I'm guessing Velasquez. I don't know. So well, Eflin, some of these could end up. with probably know,
0: some of these end up in a revamp bullpen too. So yeah, but knows. Eflin's probably your
1: fifth starter, maybe you would think. Um, but, all right. but if you're the Phillies, though, it's I a mean, good day. You, it's a. I think it's a really good day, and I think the rest of Major League Baseball now kind of looks at it like okay, and, and here this could be a dangerous team.
0: And left unsaid in all this is You basically took him out from the Mets
1: Yes Which Yeah, who would the Mets get now? Eduardo Perez Carlos Beltran See, that doesn't do anything for me, Buck, buck. That's okay Yeah a Buck, Buck I w- I like Buck But they, they and, and seem
0: and the, to have been going to the, the The bizarre thing for them is They've gone from a first-year manager To interviewing a lot of people
1: who did are, you Did you like the Cubs choice? No, not really Okay, because there seems to be the, – the thing that they se- seem to be saying is he was a um, a leader on those the teams that won World Series, I guess 13 with the Red Sox and 16 with the Cubbies. Um, but I just – I don't know. I mean, you know, every manager's got to have a first job somewhere. So I guess there's that, but I think the but, Phillies did good. I, I By the way, don't you hate it when
0: there's a political call that comes through on your cell phone when you're hooked up on your podcast here?
1: What they, when who you're voting for? It just had political call. Come soda tax? No, no. <laughs> you know, there's a big thing now because I go, you know, shop right around the corner from me. Mm-hmm. That's never going to get repealed. No. Don't don't people understand that? I could make thirty thousand oh. calls to wherever I got to call. Mm-hmm. They're not repealing the soda tax. Yeah. <laughs> Live with it. <clears throat> go to buy. Go to Ben's and Buy your soda. Jesus. Oh, Uh, All right, so that is our Philly segment. Let's now turn... Before you go, real quick, we'll just have a happy ending. Will we be sitting here... I'm not asking you to go and win a World Series, but do you think we'll be sitting here saying that was a good hire?
0: I think we'll be sitting here saying it was a decent hire. So you're not as high on it. Well, no,
1: I'm okay with it. Okay. But it has to be followed now with other moves. Yeah, manager can't throw the ball or... No. yeah. I mean, it, it all
0: depends now on the other moves they make. And if they don't get starting pitching, none of this is going to matter. The big moves I'm going to interest in, and, and honestly, kudos to our buddy Jim Salisbury, who I should have reached out to today, but he was really busy. Um, he started looking at a potential pitching coach, and mm-hmm. two, three names left out, and all of them had New York connections. One mm-hmm. was Dave Island, who was the former pitching coach with the Yankees, mm-hmm. who did a really good job. The others lie Rothschild, who is currently the pitching coach with the Yankees, mm-hmm. but the Yankees are apparently going to make some moves there, and okay. him and Girardi have a history together. Mm-hmm. The third one that I find fascinating is Mickey Calloway. Mickey Calloway okay. was a great pitching coach with the Indians. Okay, there's a connection there between what the Indians were and uh, you know the Indians. You know, so we're going to be to Bronx South. Well, and I'm okay uh, with that.
1: Well, if you if you get Callaway, you're not the Bronx South. No, no, but you know what I'm saying. If Girardi is going to be. This is what guys do. If, if Buck had come in, he would have he would have leaned on guys that. And by the way, everybody's made it, everybody's
0: it. made a big deal about the seven assistant coaches who were brought back and everything. If if Joe Girardi, I'm assuming, comes in here, mm-hmm. and look, he's got to keep he's got to keep. I would imagine he keep Dusty and I'd imagine he keep Rob Thompson, who is his mm-hmm. former guy right. in New York too if he wants to clear them the rest of them out it's a or you live with him for a year
1: you know um you you bring in your pitching coach you bring in your hitting coach you got thompson right you know and You're they're got, also not behind the 8 ball now on hit, on, on
0: hiring coaches they got yeah. they got people here they don't have to feel
1: like they're pressured to 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 go just yeah. hire Joe's somebody. Joe's going to bring in guys that he's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And you have to hope, you know, most of the guys you just said, you, you said they did a good job. You you would know more about that than I do. Um, Well, uh, like Island and yeah. all them. I mean, yeah. let, let's see what kind of a difference. It's, this staff, yeah.
0: it could also depend. I, I hate saying it this way. It could also depend on if some of the staff may go with Gabe if Gabe goes to San Francisco. Is that the rumor? Well, I, look, Gabe. Uh, I don't think anybody knows what's going on out there. Yeah. I mean, the Mets and the Giants are the two big prizes. The Padres hired their guy. It sounds like
1: Mike Matheny's going to get the Royals. Um, okay. You know, it's. I mean, the Phillies got the best guy. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be the best guy, but. Well, oh, yeah. you can make the argument the Angels may have got the best guy. I think the Phillies got the best guy for the Phillies circumstance. I understand what you're you are saying, Joe you're, Madden. You're, you're mate. Right. Yeah, Joe yeah. Madden, yeah It's one or one A. But they weren't. What I am saying is they weren't getting Joe Madden. So no. of the guys, the Phillies could have got. I it think worked. they got. Yeah, you are. You are right, Joe. I mean, yeah, Joe Madden.
0: Yeah, Madden and Madden yeah. and Girardi are one and one A out of right. this group. And, and you like got, I said,
1: I would have been. I would have been okay with either Buck or Dusty. I, I just like don't you see. Say, it. They, I don't
0: think it would have worked.
1: Yeah, and you and you are probably right. But I, but I think, once again, that would have given him... I can't remember the last time anybody in Philadelphia hired somebody uh, where, uh, where we went, yeah, like, you know, you think about the recent guys. I mean, even when we hired Doug, it was kind of like, eh, Andy Reid-Light, now he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah, God bless. But my, my, I was thinking about, it. Hitchcock... Um Hitchcock Hitch- 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 was a good one, right? Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, right. yeah, aside you're from right. the Flyers right, though. Hitchcock was, was the guy we Aside from went- the
0: Flyers and, and maybe Larry Brown Larry Brown, absolutely I mean, Yeah um, um,
1: This has not been a town of big name hires I mean, Yeah, you look at Diego hires I mean, nobody knew who Andy Reid was I Andy Ch- Reid turned out to Chip be Chip was big name because it was the, the oddity though. It was different though yeah. Not not big name Unproven. in the way Yeah, not big name in the way I want a big name Right just, um, it was a, it was a splash if yeah you want. and i mean i can't and the, and the Philly i mean even charlie yeah. He said to everybody he was kind of like yeah, jim Leyland yeah. um yeah i it, it's we'll see how it turns out you know because it doesn't mean doesn't guarantee anything yeah. but i think they at least i think they did what they had to do and like you said the the fan base was kind of really soured. sour now i think you, you've rejuvenated them a little bit all right,
0: so this 10-minute conversation on the Phillies manager has gone about 24. Oh, that's <laughs> what we do. That's what we do.
1: Uh, I talk a lot.
0: Uh, w- when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff Mosher of uh, 97.3 ESPN, down La City. Like Jeff. He, Haven't talked Je- to him in Jeff, a while. Jeff, formerly of NBC Sports Philadelphia, the Wilmington News Journal. Uh, he also does a podcast with Adam Kaplan on uh, – for 94wip as well so uh we'll talk some eagles we'll talk what's wrong with the eagles as they head to buffalo this weekend
1: something wrong with the eagles
0: uh that's the rumor uh and whether everything has been all set up and patched over uh in, in in eagle land so uh that's jeff mosher and he is coming up right now joining us now from 97.3 ESPN down in Atlantic City, also uh, does uh, Inside the Birds podcast uh, and is on uh, 94WIP every uh, so often with his, with the podcast can be found uh, at radio.com, I believe. Uh, It's Jeff Mosher. Jeff, how are you? You
1: you just confused. Kevin, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you guys. (laughs) Jeff, I got to tell you something. When we used to do the times when we did Daily News Live and you were on I enjoyed them a lot because you you never took yourself too seriously. A lot of people used to come on there and they did kind of, and I used to have fun. We, <laughs> Name we, we, names, Kern. No, because because Jeff was just like a regular guy, you know, and some people weren't, and I. I, I just felt more comfortable when he was on.
0: And Jeff never mentioned the band guided by voices, but that's a whole different story.
1: Come um, on oh, now, now listen. I kid.
0: Me. I kid
2: guilty by association. I it's kid. I people. kid. Who's
0: guided, who's guided by voices? What did I, miss? I get? It's Ruben. I love Ruben. Oh, I love Ruben. Right? No, Ruben's Ruben. Look,
1: Ruben's Ruben. No, no, no. Yeah. Nobody's going Rube to. Ruben's like, definitely
2: Ruben. I appreciate yeah. the kind of. <laughs> but like, uh, Colonel, it, I it, love being on the show with you too.
1: Most in all uh, seriousness, uh, though. You were the Eagles expert, so to speak, and I wasn't, but you never talked down to me like if we were having a conversation. I always appreciate that. Uh all right, all right. No problem. All
0: right, Mosh. Uh, let me ask it directly. Must win this week for them.
2: You know, it, it kind of it, it kind of is from a from a team like figuring itself out standpoint, more so than the standings right, because to be honest with you, if they lose, it's not the worst thing in the world uh, from a standing. They'll have plenty of games and a really soft schedule in November and December to make up some games. And if you look at the Cowboys schedule, it, it gets pretty rough for them in a few weeks. So but if you lose three straight games, um, which has not happened around here in quite a long time, and you're losing in the same kind of. Ways that you've been losing then and you've already seen the anonymous sources and some of the, uh, you know, it, it, Lane Johnson kind of insinuating people are late to meetings and then other people saying, no, that's that's really not happening. If you lose another game, that stuff just becomes magnified and you worry that the locker room, which is has really been Doug's specialty in pulling it together. Uh, going and, and Andy's the same Andy Reid before that then you, you worry about what a three game losing streak would mean to that lo- that that tradition that Doug has put in that legacy he has already built of being able to hold everything together
1: so jeff we, most people sat cuz i listen to a lot of talk radio cuz i got nothing to do anymore and 3 months ago people were saying you got
2: issues currently i know
1: i trust me I, I i drive around a lot and that's what i do but People are saying, hey, you know, they love the roster. They love, they they're saying it's better than the 17 team. And of course, I heard this last year, too. But, and I know they've had injuries. I know Jackson go or heard a lot of things and defensive linemen. But where did we mess up? Like, what, what led us three months ago to think the personnel on this team was so good? And now people are like, well, the personnel's not good enough. Like, did we just miss the boat or did something happen?
2: Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And unfortunately, I'm going to play both sides of the fence here, but I think you have to, because you have to be fair to everybody involved. This team was built, I thought, really well, like most people in the offseason by Howie, the front office, in making it very deep and trying to be able to withstand injuries like they had the last two years. And to be honest with you, as bad as things look right now, if you were to take another team's top three defensive tackles, top receiver, top linebacker you know go through the same thing i bet you'd find a team that was probably not even three and four or or hanging in there so i think the depth that howie acquired has been a reason why they haven't completely gone into the tank already but at this but by the same token where we can be critical is that there are and look no team is perfect right so one one thing this team has kind of ignored too much in my opinion like there's a difference between devaluing something and completely altogether ignoring it right and you look at linebacker and you look at overall team speed um, we know that they devalue linebackers there are many teams that are 4-3 devalue the coverage linebacker or the inside linebacker or the three down linebacker but the eagles have not drafted a linebacker higher than the third round or higher than the fourth round since Jordan Hooks like five years ago. He's not even with the team now. And ever since that draft, they haven't drafted a linebacker higher than the fifth round. And that guy is Nate Gary, and he was a safety in college. So I get that you devalue the position, and I'll never sit here and say the Eagles are using first-round picks on linebackers every year. But it was clearly a position that they just devalued to the point where they made it seem like it's irrelevant. And that's not fair. It's not completely irrelevant. You need – capable people at that position and they signed two veteran linebackers in the offseason, knowing that that was their deficiency. They release one of them, LJ Fort, who's now a productive player for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. And then they just released Zach Brown the week after that. So it, they literally take the linebacker position and tell everybody that it, it matters not. And I don't think that that's fair and true. And, and I, I have a feeling We're going to be saying the same thing next year at this time about safety because, for the longest time, they've needed a young developmental safety because Rodney and and Malcolm are getting older and older by the year. And all these drafts go by, and this last one had a lot of good safeties, and the Eagles didn't come out with a single one. You can't keep doing that.
0: And and Jeff, you know, along the same lines here, one of my gripes about what Howie's done, and, and this is an indictment of their drafting philosophy and everything is, I almost think they've become the Flyers and, or the Phillies at the end of their run in this sense. They got way sentimental for people that they had in their building before, you know, Darren Sproles, Vinnie Curry, Deshaun, who are getting older. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham, you can make the argument on Jason Peters that, you know, one of the best things, and you covered the Joe Banner era, uh, you were around with Joe Banner. Joe knew, knew when to cut the cord. Howie doesn't know when to cut the cord, does he?
2: I'm, I'm not there yet on that, Kev. And okay. I, I definitely understand it, only because some of the guys that we're talking about here, I don't think they're the ones that are hurting them. You know, Darren Sproles is is hurt now and again, and that's annoying, but he was barely being used the last three or four weeks anyway.
0: Fair I, point. I
2: Vinny, when Vinny gets in, he's... First of all, Vinny has never been like an all-pro DN. He was here to be – remember the construct of the team again. Um, Malik Jackson was brought in here to be a pass-rushing D-tackle, right. which meant that Malik and Fletcher were going to be on the field for the pass-rush at the same time, right, which is the first time in the Jim Schwartz era you've seen that. It's always been three defensive ends on the field and one defensive tackle. So by doing that, they felt that they didn't need to be as deep, on defensive end because they had two defensive tackles on the field at the same time. So you had Brandon and you had Derek Barnett who are gonna be the two DNs. And Vinny was really gonna be that third almost like what the third D T was last year and the year before. Uh, and again the injuries at D tackle, which nobody can really control and have been amazing if you think about it. Four guys now, right? It's Malik Jackson, it's Jernigan, it's Ridgeway. and one that just cut Spence. So like right. it, it's just been but, but it's been very, very difficult. But, I don't know that Brandon is not having a good, like all the metrics, all the sites. And sometimes I don't put as much stock in PFF and everything, but they tell you that Barnett and Graham are up there in, in, in pressures and hurries. So I don't know that it's killing them to have those guys that they're talking that, that, you know, we're bringing up as kind of old and sentimental.
0: Well, but all right, but let's, let's. Jason they also Pe- said
2: goodbye to Chris Long, which I thought, you know, that's an example of not being. I mean, he was a that's productive true. player or his agent.
0: But Jason Peters is an example, maybe a sentimentality, because Jason last year was somebody who was going to the sidelines a lot, and it was coming off an injury during the Super Bowl year. It, 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 mm-hmm. That's one. Deshaun Jackson, I know he's not injury-prone, injury but he is 32, and he has had these yes. instances where he's missed – Two or three games along the way here. Right. Uh, that may have been sentimentality.
2: Yeah, it may have been. They really needed speed. We saw that, you know, last year when they lost Mike Wallace. Again, I, it's, some of it is, you're right, maybe the sentimentality, of the other is just the bad luck of it all in the injury that he suffered. Right. Uh, J- when Jason Peters is playing, he's not playing at an all pro level anymore. I will agree with you on that. I think the Eagles would admit to you they know he's not an all pro, but when he is playing, he's playing left tackle and you've seen offensive line play around the league. It has regressed to the point where like, it seemed like the Vikings last year had all this talent, but they literally could not play football because they have such a bad offensive line. Offensive line play is is the worst I've ever seen it. And so I understand like they, they got it. Yeah. Well, Jason Peters isn't what he used to be. At least they drafted and moved up to get Andre Dillard to at least have that plan in place. And I thought, even though the kid was a little shaky for his first start, if you look at step back and look at the bigger picture, first out against Dallas, good defensive line. I thought he acquitted himself okay. Um, so again, that's why I'm not there yet. Hey, yeah, he had a better he night. really be convinced convince me, but I'm a little bit in defense attorney mode. Honestly.
0: He he, he had a better night than Lane Johnson
1: on on Sunday. yeah
2: yeah, he did, <laughs> especially given expectations. Now,
1: Mike, that's because he was on time to the meeting. <laughs> um, okay, Jeff, let's take this to where a lot of people want to take it: um, the quarterback. And my contention is that he, on the list of what's wrong with the Eagles, he's pretty far down the list, but he still hasn't, you know, played great. Um, and maybe that's because of what's around. What What is your take on Carson Wentz halfway or almost halfway through this season? Is it, is it unfair that maybe the quarterback's going to get that or, or does he need to step up his game a little?
2: Well, I was, pro- I was kind of in your boat, right, um, up until like the last week or two where that when you made a list of all the things wrong with the Eagles, Carson is probably not on your top one, two, three, or four. There's no doubt about it, though. He had a bad game against the Cowboys. I think a lot of things factor in that, you know, certainly what's around him and how the team is overall playing isn't great. And the lack of speed and that he's dealing with and the compressed offense hurts him. But last week was the first week I thought he really started to make some bad decisions, too. And you worry that that he's... Again, that whole trying so hard to win and be the hero that he's just not letting the game come to him a little bit. He just didn't see the field very well against the Cowboys, and that surprised me a little bit because he's actually played really well against the Cowboys in his career. Even the games they've lost, his numbers are good. He had 100.0 passer rating going into that game against the Cowboys. I think he had something like eight touchdowns, two interceptions. The numbers were really good, but he looked like a guy who, was really confused and really befuddled, and and you can't as a quarterback. you kind of kind of can't wear that and bring that into the game. Um, there are a lot of quarterbacks who have to de- who are elite quarterbacks, right? That have to deal with injuries, whether it's Brady or Rodgers, you know, having guys who are not you're used to throwing to. And for whatever reason, Carson has not been able to make it work for Nelson, make it work for Mac Hollins, make it work for J.J. Arthegal Whiteside, who's barely you know seeing the field now. And, you know, when you're, when you're an elite quarterback, you raise the level of play of guys around you. So you have to wonder why that hasn't happened the last two weeks. So you, it is a little bit of a concern to me. I, I Listen, I think he's a good quarterback. I do wish that, and I think Doug articulates this too, if there are times where really, he really does need to feel more and check it down when the big play isn't there. And that hurts him a little bit. It's a little bit Brett Farvish. Um but Brett Favre was a great quarterback, right? So, right. Uh, that's just part of his DNA.
0: Jeff uh, Jeff Mosher joins us from the Inside the Birds podcast and also ninety seven three ESPN. Jeff, when you look at um, the the story with the mole, okay, and you know whether it's Alshon Jeffrey, where the whoever it is, um, and you, I, I hate linking it this way, but you also look at the story that happened last year in Philly, Voice by Joe Manuel Cuido. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's almost like a pattern is developing fairly or not that there's a disconnect between the quarterback and people in his offense how does Carson bridge that gap at this point is there a way he could bridge that gap unless you're cleaning unless you're Howie Roseman and you just clean everybody who's a weapon on this team out and start fresh
2: yeah you know it's it's another thing where I don't think Carson is an, a different person than he was in 2017, right, when he was 11 right. and 2. But it's that whole we're losing and somebody's disgruntled and someone goes and runs to the media about it. I, I You know, Kev, you know this better than anyone You too, Kern. Carson's here for the long term. So you're right. I, I mean, the only thing the front office can do is try to flush out all the skilled position players around him. And I don't think that they want to do that either. So they just have to win games and that stuff goes away. I've heard a million different reasons for why maybe the club, why Carson might not be that great leader or why people might have uh, trouble relating to him. And all I can say is, you know, there are some legit reasons. And I, I don't know. So it might be that he's so religious and that bothers people the wrong way or that he's from South Dakota and you lived a, a sheltered upbringing compared to someone who's, from an area like Jersey or Philly or anything that has more population, more society. Um, It could be that, you know, that just doesn't relate to guys like that. But again, where was that in 2017? I don't think anybody had trouble relating. Is it just a
0: comparison with Foles? I mean, you know, look, Nick Foles is a religious guy. I mean, you know, right. It wasn't that.
2: That's why I don't know if it's the religion thing, because there are a lot of guys in the NFL that come from really rural parts and Bible parts of the area. So again, I think it's the losing I bet you there are a couple of guys in the locker room that like the way Nick Foles kind of took a deep breath, relaxed and played loosely. Whereas Carson's type a and competitive all the time. And maybe they think that's the issue. It doesn't make them right per se. It doesn't make them wrong, but because it it's out there, it becomes part of the fodder and the discourse that we have is Carson to this is Carson to that. I don't know if there's really much other than they're losing and, a couple of disgruntled guys have a chance to air it to the media. I would really doubt if you polled all 53 in the locker room and they were all honest that you're going to get something like 75% of the locker room doesn't really like Carson Wentz that much. I really think it's, a, what do they call it, the vocal minority, or it may just be two or three people. I don't think that that's like the number one issue for this team.
1: So, Jeff, if, if what kind of grade would we be giving the head coach um, because I hear a lot of things. You know, D. Filippo's not there anymore. Reich's not there anymore. I can't believe that that they, you know, this coach had something to do with them winning the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't take that away. But there are criticisms of him and, and what he's doing. When you look at him, what what do you see? Like, what, is he doing not a good enough job, or or is it just that they don't have the right personnel right now, or or what do you see?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. The, the, the big thing that comes back to me, Colonel, and I really, last game kind of really showed it to us, is that I felt like Doug went into Dallas and just tried to line it up with what he's got and win, right? And they're decimated, they're hurting, they're coming off a bad loss, and I'm sorry, just lining it up and thinking you're going to beat Dallas on the road. Maybe they thought because of the Cowboys had lost three in a row that they were not as good, but I, I can't imagine that. But if you, when we think about the best of Doug Peterson, we really think about where, that playoff run, right? And it's not just Nick Foles mm-hmm. taking over, but it's like against Atlanta, he pulls out the the two Nelson Aguilar counters, those wing counters that yep. um, both were good runs, and then against you, you against Atlanta. Minnesota, right? Right, and you think of the flea flicker, and then you think of the Super Bowl, the Philly special, and right now, I, I want I don't see the creativity. Yeah, he tried to fake field goal against Minnesota, but honestly, I thought that was a terrible time and place for it so even the thing he's good at that gadget stuff it seems like he pulled it out at a really odd time to want to do that at the end of the half you need points and you get the ball back at the start of the second half why would you give up to three points but i i just see a lack of ingenuity there's not a lot of pre-snap movement not a lot of motion in the run game there's not a lot of formational diversity that we've seen with him that makes the opponent say oh i haven't seen that before and that surprises me because that was kind of doug's DNA, his blueprint. So I'm, I'm, I think he needs to get back
0: to that. It's almost like he's going to the Chip Kelly playbook. I mean, you know, he has like four, yeah. or f- four or five plays. You know, look, run off tackle. You know, like last week, it, it felt like they were running the same stuff over and over and over again. And that wasn't, th- and one of the things he wasn't running was throw it to my best receiver, which is my tight end. I mean, th- right. th- th- this is did they. This is a bigger picture question. Did they get too arrogant a little bit as an organization after the Super Bowl uh, in a sense of we're right, we know what we're doing, and, you know, look, the only team that, that really has a right to be that arrogant ever is the Patriots at this point, you know?
2: Right, right. Well, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, I don't know if it's arrogance or if it's the idea that we f- – we found something that we think works well, right? If you if you go back to Howie Roseman one um, prior to the banishment from Chip, he was Mr. Aggressive in free agency. I'm going to get a big name like Nambiasmo. I'm going to get a sign this big defensive end for a lot of money, and and a lot of those guys, there were a lot of misses there. And he came back from that as a different GM. He's still aggressive with trades, but he's really all about value. You know, right. he, when he trades for a guy, he's not giving up anything more than a third or fourth round pick, but he's usually getting a pretty good player. And one of the principles I thought that other teams did well, that he caught onto was when you want to sign a free agent, look for a good player that you can get on a one-year contract because he's not great, but he's good enough to play a specific role. Like, like Eric Blunt can be, the first down running back. Chris long could be our situational pass rusher. Corey Graham can be our third safety. Like you didn't have to make them start. You didn't have to pay him a billion dollars and you found really good specified roles for them. And he's tried to do that in, in the last two or three years with these one year contracts or short term guys. And some of them have worked, you know, Michael Bennett for one year really did work. He was their second best pass rusher last year. But well, Michael Bennett was I don't only good. Gonna... If you guys saw, he just got traded from the Patriots to, uh, some other team while we're talking here. So clearly they were. Howie made the right call to move on from him because he already got himself. Well, he was out a of New England. He was a
0: locker room killer. I mean, even yeah. last year he was not exactly beloved yeah. in a locker room, which didn't have many problems. Um, right.
2: So Howie's thing is: let, let's get one year deals, not sign huge free agents. Let's get as many compensatory picks as possible, so that we can be a team that builds through the draft, which is a good principle and one that most teams who are successful will follow. I do question some of the draft approach though. And then trading up to the point where now you only picked five players in last year's draft. And, you know, you had that speed deficiency and pick a receiver who was known for having speed, you know, JJ Ortega Whiteside being more of a possession guy. And again, ignoring linebacker and safety, I think that's maybe where the arrogance really was that they, that they didn't, They drafted in a manner that to me right now leaves a lot to be desired, at least the last two drafts.
1: Yep. Jeff, given if this season falls apart or they don't make the playoffs, I mean, and and we're still a ways from that, you know, happening as you pointed out. But if that is the case, given the age of this team and, you know, the flaws, obviously, that are becoming more apparent, what, like, for a team that wants to go for it every year, which they kind of, they kind of have, you know, since they won the Super Bowl. Like, what would that mean f- in their further off season? I mean, would they have to like kind of tear it apart a little, or do you just try to still be a team that's going for it next year?
2: Well, all right. So if they, you're saying if they don't make the playoffs, let's say they right? go if nine they and apart, let's say
1: they go nine and or seven or and eight, eight, eight and eight, and they they just don't make the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Well, let's start with the coaching staff because um, the there's no team in Philadelphia. That, I, that alienates a phone guy like the Philadelphia Eagles when things don't go well, right? <laughs> Somebody always has to get fired. Even last year, you know, two coaches from a nine and 17 that made the playoffs, two coaches wound up not coming back. Yeah, so the first guy get fired.
0: The first guy who hugged Doug after after the, the incomplete pass of the Super Bowl got fired last year. Uh, the defensive <laughs> exactly. line cut. No, that was Howard. <laughs>
2: yeah, <it was> <laughs> <high>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, so somebody will get fired and it might be Mike Lowe, it might be, like, well, it might be who knows but I, you know i go back to like three years ago like the wide receivers stunk and and the entire city wanted greg lewis's head on a silver platter and the eagles gave it to him and made it seem like it was greg lewis not the fact that Dorial green beckham stunk <laughs> not the fact that nelson Aguilar was still in his two-year run not the fact that they had no real pass catchers to the point where Paul Turner is getting screamed for. Let's go fire Greg Lewis because everybody in the world wants him fired. Now, what's the first thing that happens to Greg Lewis? He becomes the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver coach. I don't think anybody in the Chiefs organization is, has any issues with their wide receivers nope. over the last three or four years, <laughs> right? And so clearly Greg Lewis all of a sudden became a pretty competent coach in the snap of a finger. Amazing how that happens. But that's the Eagles for you, and somebody, no doubt, will get fired if this thing, uh, from a from a coaching standpoint, if they if they don't make the playoffs. And then I, I don't know what will happen from a personnel standpoint. I, they may feel like they really do need to get a lot younger, and you might see some guys traded that right now you wouldn't think, yeah, they'd be traded. But um, we're kind of a, a few weeks from that.
0: Right. But I mean, and look, they have some cap. They're going to have some cap issues doing this because you know the extended Jeffrey, extended, yep. you know, a lot of people. The Peters contract, I think, rolls over in the next year with a lot of dead money. It's it's really dicey. I mean, with the... Yeah, the
2: only thing we never know is about the offset money involved. Right. And You know, a lot of times when you trade players, which you can do, like, you absorb some of the guaranteed money if it's signing bonus money, but a lot of times Howie gives guys guaranteed money that's guaranteed in their, in their, um, their salary instead of a bonus, right? So if you trade that, then... Then the team that absorbs that has to pay that instead, so he, the one thing I don't really question how he is how he is being able to you know maneuver the cap well and and pull off a deal that he thinks is going to be beneficial for the team.
0: final question here uh Tuesday's the trade deadline. he's got to make a move, right
2: I think he does the question is now. Like I think two weeks ago it's like you gotta get a corner, right? You gotta get a corner, right? Now you gotta so, get a wide receiver. At, yeah, well you look at defensive tackle and they're playing two rookies on yeah. Sunday against the Bills next to Fletcher Cox. And you can't do that. <laughs> so D tackle to me right now would be like their number one concern. And if they're able to to patch that up, then you're still back to wide receiver and corner. As bad I, I don't know if Howie can make a trade to get all three of these positions or even two. Um Short up. So Did he wait you're too long? Have to rely on these guys. But if, he,
1: if, they, if they lose Sunday, does that change their perspective at all?
2: That's a great question. I just cannot picture Howie Roseman becoming a seller yeah. when yeah. there's so many games left and even losing would only put them two guys, two games out of. Yeah, a uh, game and a
0: half, really, because Dallas yeah, has a I buy just this week.
2: can't see it. Right, right. Dallas has the buy. I cannot see it. Now, people will advocate for it, but I can't see Howie ever, ever having that mindset.
0: All right. You, you, you know, when we called you, you mentioned you wanted to talk Phillies. what did you think of the Joe Girardi's uh, announcement today?
2: How much time do you have? Oh, it's a, <laughs> podcast. It's a podcast.
1: We have until yeah. next Wednesday.
2: That's a good point. Um, so here's my thing. I like Joe Torre. I think he's a really good manager. The only issue I have is really the process. For They are are they the right team for Joe, for Joe Girardi? Uh, they want to be, I think John Middleton sit, went out and said, we are so far behind the Astros, the Cubs, the other teams that are it are full, full court press on analytics. We need to be there. Well, if you need to be there, those teams actually hire clubhouse types, like an Aaron right. Boone, someone who's going to go to the umpire and go, Hey, my guys are effing savages yeah. out there. And the players are going to love it. That, that's not Joe Girardi. And that's, not a knock on Girardi, but he's not one of those new wave rah-rah managers. That was Gabe Kapler actually, to be honest with you. So I don't, I don't know if the identity fits the team. And I have to doubt, I have to really question how in this era, you only interview three candidates. They're all the kind of the older school types and you don't even cast a wide net for a, you know, the guy, the the bench coach with the Astros that everybody loves Esperada or someone of that nature. It's like, they were so afraid to rehire, a gabe kapler that they went the opposite direction instead of just trying to find a better more relatable gabe kapler if that makes any sense and jeff
0: you know what's going to be fascinating is if the mets end up hiring a second first-time manager after mickey callaway if the mets are going to do it the that way also i'm more
2: interested in the bombshell that they're (laughs) the andy
0: martino bombshell
2: yeah, it's gotta be well. It's like my, is it Mike Piazza?
0: Like I, I speculate I speculate with with Eitan and, and Mays today. You know, Bobby Valentine at this point? I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, how, who could be the bombshell at this point?
2: That that would just be a bomb, to be honest Yes, it would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Jeff Mosher from the Inside the Birds podcast. Also with uh Mike Gill down at 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. And a good buddy of ours from a long, long time. Hey, by the way, do you miss the daily grind of of that beat? Uh,
2: had, of having to fill the monster? I, do. I mean, I really enjoy being a beat writer. I, yeah. I live for the competition of it and competing against other awesome beat writers. Uh, I mean, there are some days I don't, but there are definitely a lot of days that I do.
0: Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I mean, you know, it is it is nice, though, to be able to sometimes, you know, sit back and walk away and watch everybody else chase the circus, you know? But
2: Absolutely.
0: all right, Jeff, I appreciate it, man. Thanks Drive for joining us, man.
2: Great catching up with both you guys. Yep. I always loved when I came here and, and got to work alongside both of you. I learned a lot from each of you. All
1: right, Jeff, we'll have you on soon again. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jeff. Well, don't tell him that after he just took the time out to be with us. What? God, that's yeah. Yeah. We'll have you again next week. <laughs> I didn't say it that I way. I was interesting, his take on on Girardi because that's kind of what you were. were and I, I don't know. Baseball, but you know, if it's the bench coach from the Astros is, you know, supposed well, to next it guy, is, it is bucking the trend. Yeah, Um but that, but see, I think that's what Middleton, rightly or wrongly, and we're going to find out. He he wants he wants to make that splash, and and they want to probably go. That's how it is with a lot of teams. You know, you have this coach that didn't work for whatever reasons, manager. You want to go the uh, exact. You know, how many times have we said? Well, they had a players yeah. coach, and now they're going to get the real rough guy coach. So, yeah, I mean. Back to the
0: Eagles. Maybe it won't work. Back to the Eagles point that Moshed. I found the the Carson Wentz thing fascinating. Where you know, look, he he's like you. You don't excuse what's going on with Wentz at this point, but it's to say he's the main
1: problem is not. Well, we don't know, right? I, I'm it, the whole thing that's always going to be interesting about the Eagles until Carson gets to a Super Bowl or whatever is the Foles. Carson got them 11-2. He got them the home field advantage, which mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have made the Super Bowl if they, but okay, they did. He was great, but Foles was great on that stage. And then last year, what he did when he came in, you know, kick within one Alshon Jeffrey catch of maybe getting to the NFC title game as a as you know a team that barely snuck in the playoffs. Um, that's always going to hang over him. And then you hear all these things when you you listen, you know whatever you listen to. Right. Um, well, uh, the coach calls a different game with Foles because Foles gets rid of the ball quicker. You know there was just some guy today. I guess it was on one of the ESPN shows was just comparing, and they had all these stats about how long it took Foles to get rid of the ball. He took less sacks than than Carson did. He did the, he did this, and, and you're thinking. But then in the next breath, they said, "But Carson's the better quarterback." Right. Like you know the, the Eagles did what they had to do. You you. Right. It would have been, but there's always going to be that hanging over him until he does it. The
0: ghost of Nick Foles will if, never go I, away. It
1: won't. I mean, we could be talking about this five years from now. Or t- I mean, and obviously, you know, Nick will be done playing by then. I mean, it won't, but it'll be, you didn't win, but your backup did. And, you know, maybe.
0: And he doesn't, and there's no comparison for it because you can't really even put like, you can't put, like, I'll give you, Jay Schrader was Doug Williams back, uh, was Doug Williams, uh, the starter ahead of Doug Williams from Doug Williams won right the Super Bowl. Right. Nobody viewed Jay Schrader as a franchise quarterback. No. Phil Simms already had a Super Bowl when Jeff Hostetler went and won right. it. Exactly. Okay? There's nobody that compares to Wins no, in this sense. There's no
1: story like it.
0: No. And, and that's...
1: And it's it's one, it's a total Philadelphia story.
0: Earl Morrill and Johnny Unitas Yeah, but that
1: was, that was, that was an injury. Yeah. But it was a totally different era. Earl Morrill wasn't taking over for Johnny Unitas. I mean, he came in that year. He he started Super Bowl uh, five. he he was the MVP that year. He played the whole year. And Johnny Unitas had won titles as you, no, totally, totally, totally. But it's a total Philadelphia story. Our greatest moment. Probably the greatest because, you know, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl was a thing that, oh, we'll never see that. But yet, the way you won it might hang over your heads for the next 10 years.
0: And the statue sits outside Lincoln Financial Field as just a reminder.
1: It's it's almost like um, Steve Young. Yeah. Steve Young had to win a Super Bowl.
0: To get out of Joe Montana's shadow.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the situations were a little different because the 49ers didn't have to sign one and let one go. Well, they let Montana. At the end, yeah. But Montana was getting older, and it was Steve Young's time. Uh, But if he didn't win that Super Bowl, people probably always would have said, hey, you know. And and every great quarterback, and I'm not saying that Carson's a great quarterback yet. He's got to earn that. But he would have been the MVP two years ago if he had. But every quarterback, you know, Jim Kelly, Hall of Fame. And I still say going to the Super Bowl four straight years is a great, great, great accomplishment. Okay, they didn't win. I get it. Right. But, but quarterbacks that leave without having won a Super Bowl. It you know, lingers. Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah. I'm talking about. Joe, Ma- what does anybody do? what's the first thing they say with Dan Marino? They win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he he might have been one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. He had no weapons around him. You know? uh, yeah, but that's not, what they, <laughs> that's not what they say.
0: All right, you ready for some picks?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Just point me where you want to go. Take me to the action. Take me to the track. Take me to a party. If the nothing in the back, I've been working all my life. Can't afford to wait. Let me call my wife so I can tell her I'll be late. I want you easy. Mm, easy. Easy Ease the money. I could get lucky. Uh,
0: we're going to need to get lucky here because it has been rough waters. I was
1: horrible, horrible last week. I was horrible I don't even remember who, it, but when betters insider, I was horrible. Um, so it, it and, and I this week's NFL card
0: it is awful. I,
1: well, I, I, they're, they're, it's weird because there's like four games where somebody's like a double digit fave. Um, I don't like those games. You know, when teams are given fourteen, seventeen. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll start with the colleges and we'll yep, and, we muddle our way through.
0: And I'm looking at trying to get our... Uh, I
1: do have three college games. I kept it to three this week. You do it. I'll you probably do. have more on Better's Insider because that's what I do. All right. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. I'm going to go... No particular order here, so I'll go one and then you go one and we'll go... I'm going to take the Texas, giving a point and a half to the TCUs. They're at TCU. Um... Texas disappointing game last week They won They beat. They gave up 48 points to Kansas at home Coming off the Oklahoma game I just think they're a better team than TCU I, And I know this is a rivalry Kind of thing And and all that and, and the game might mean more to TCU I don't know But I just think Texas is the better team They can score points uh, So it might, maybe it's going to be a high score But I just think that I'm basically just taking Texas to win the game yep. I'll take my chances
0: I also picked this game, and I'm okay. also on the line at Texas. They got no chance. I, I, you Tom, know that Tom Herman
1: was irate after almost losing the Kansas last week. I mean, they almost made fraud five as a as a winner, as a winner, which never happens. Dishonorable. I could give him dishonorable mention. This is not the same Gary Patterson, Patterson CCU team. Either. No, they're good. They're okay. they they're they're good. Texas is a little bit more than good, and Texas was supposed to be really good. Like, this was their, you know, they were talking a lot. Yeah. Now they got to try to get into the Big 12 title game and maybe get another shot at Oklahoma.
0: And, and look, it was right after the Oklahoma game, so it, maybe there's a letdown. I think they're going to be a little more focused a 48 this
1: points at home to Kansas. That's Kansas. not good. No, that's
0: not good. Which leads me to pick number two. Go for it. I'm taking Kansas. Getting four. And Getting enough. four at home against Texas Tech. This is just my faith in Wes miles.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what Texas Tech, Tech is. is. They're good, but they're you know, or what Kansas is, for that matter. But yeah, I mean, I, I have no. Yeah,
0: so that's that's my second pick there,
1: Michael. My second pick. I'll save the other one for my last pick. But and again, this is just I'm taking Nebraska laying two and a half at home to Indiana. Indiana's a pretty good team. Indiana's played well. Nebraska's been a bit of a disappointment. Everybody was, you know, before the year, oh, Nebraska, this, Nebraska. Okay, well, let's take steps here. Um, Their quarterback has been playing with some nagging stuff. He's supposed – and people were trying to tell me he was going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate before – no, 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 no. But I think in this spot at home – I mean, I'll put it this way. If Nebraska loses this game, that's not good for Scott. I mean, not that Scott Frost is going to get fired or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I think – they really need to win this game. So, I'm going to give the, the Huskers a shot. Give your third pick. My third pick. I'm going back to the Temple Al. Oh, now, man. Well, here's Ooh. the thing. Ooh. I got carried away, but I told you last week, they're not the same on the road. Yeah, you they're, did. They're not a, they're, does, but at home, they've been really good. Their defense has been really good, and... I think they're going to be in a foul mood after last week. They didn't play – SMU's pretty good. They didn't play well at SMU. They got kind of torched. They're getting 10 and a half. On a Saturday night, I mean, there's not going to be 50,000 people with the link, but, you know, it is what it is. Central Florida's lost their last two road games. Now, one was to Memphis. I'm trying to think who the other one was. And their running back, I think they're going to be without their running back. And Central Florida's been really good, you know, the last couple years. They've, they've been great, actually. Um, and Temple's played them fairly tough. I think I just think I'm not sure the Owls can knock off, win the game, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't like right to the end.
0: All right, I'm gonna give you a combo pick here. Now it, there's gonna be two picks, uh, but they're kind of barley No, 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 no. Okay. This is just okay. The way I feel, I'm gonna take Michigan State. Getting yeah. six at home against Penn State because I did not like what I saw late in that game from Penn State last week. I th- you know, you go up 21 nothing, and then you're sweating bullets because your head coach decides he's going to keep throwing the ball no matter what. It just, I-, I think if you play that type of game against Michigan
1: State, you're going home. And that one, I'll use the so old. Do you think Michigan State's a better team than Michigan? I think going on the road. Okay, I hear you. Michigan State, has, I'm it's, not, a, it's game after a whiteout. I find it amazing, and this is just a comment, that people are on the coach at Penn State, because I hear it. And I, I heard your criticism. He's a great recruiter. I don't care. They In a year where most people figured they were probably going to win eight games, they are unbeaten. Okay? They're going to be favored in every game except Ohio State, and they're probably going to lose to Ohio State, because Ohio State's really good. This guy could go 11 and 1 or 10 and 2 if they lose another one. And yet, people, and I know you're not, a, I know, I get it, but I, I just don't like, I know Penn State is overachieving. Oh, I don't right disagree, now, but, but I think they this were is winning 21 0 last week. And it's like everybody's like, okay, well, and I get it. Michigan came back, and, and you know, Michigan's supposed to be a pretty good team. Whether they are or not, we'll find out this week. But yeah, okay. I, I, I don't. Disagree. I think there's a lot of factors that, if you look at it for Penn, from a Penn State perspective, Michigan State had a bye last week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm not arguing with your selection. I'm arguing with the way. Do I think Penn State wins the game? Yes. I'm just. Do I think it's probably a field goal game? I just. Yeah. Get, I just get funny because I have no horse in the race with Penn State. I don't. But how a lot of people will, will tell me the coach like ah, he's not really that good, and I look at the record and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no, they're like seventh in the country or sixth. Or whatever they are, they are overachieving. And I'm just saying, I think at some point, we got to say, hey, the guy's doing a pretty good job with a young team. But, okay, who's your, who's your pick that goes with that?
0: This is painful.
1: I'm taking Michigan even. It's not even. They're getting a point now. The line has moved from Michigan giving three To Michigan getting one. Just telling you. I'm taking Michigan over Notre Dame. Okay. Um, I could give you a reason to take either side in that game. I think, look, and, and, you know,
0: I think it boils down to this. You know, this is the type of game that, one, the home team in this series always seems to play a lot better. Uh, Notre Dame's
1: won there three times since, like, 19, since 2009, I believe, or 2005, something like that.
0: But it's a different type of game in Ann Arbor than it has been in South Bend. It's been,
1: you know, I also throw a little bit of that out because some of it was Brady Hoke. This is very simple. You either think that Michigan's going to beat a ranked team for the second time in 14 games. You don't. You can give me all the analysis you want. They, they, they're 1-12. Aren't 12. they
0: due to win a game like this, though? I agree.
1: With, but I could also make the argument, that's why I'm not taking this game. Because Notre Dame's coming off a bye. I think Notre Dame is probably I shouldn't. I mean so much was expected of Michigan before the year and I was on board with it. I was like, yeah, this and they just I, I, yeah, I'm like you. Yeah. One of these days, yes, they have to and maybe this is the week. But I could just as easily see Notre Dame winning a three-point game or a, I don't I think it's going to be a close game. I don't you know, but basically it's a it's a pick 'em. So all you have to do is get the right side. And I, I it just all the money's on Notre Dame, and sometimes that's a good thing because the public isn't always right. right. But the line has moved four points. That is gargantuan. At, that, like, almost never happens. So, And I also, look, and, and you
0: and I have talked about this with Notre Dame. Notre Dame, up until two weeks ago, had a legitimate uh, pathway to the playoff. Now the pathway is a lot more cloudier. And... I wonder at, you know, you mentioned the bye week. I wonder at a certain point if Notre realizes how difficult it is. This is almost the you, last You do know game. you overanalyze I you the, it. I understand.
1: It's They,
0: well, and here's the other question. It's Michigan.
1: Okay, hold on. Wait a minute, no, Mike, no, no, but, no, no. All right, it's, Mike, here's another question. The 20-year-old kid, okay, all he cares about is they're playing Michigan. It's a rivalry. It's, it's. He doesn't care about that Georgia lost or we're sixth or we need these three teams to lose.
0: Mike, here's the other question: You know, we talk about Jim Har- or John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Kelly's
1: not. Yeah, I agree. yeah.
0: Brian's not exactly. You know, I hear boy, you. He's not exactly patent on the road. This is
1: what it comes down to: Me was was Michigan is Michigan going to be ticked about how last week went, and then carry it over into this week's game? Or does that take something out of him? Uh, and, and I don't have the answer and to a that. note, And a
0: note the hardball by the way. Stop bitching about the officials. Every well, time you lose... About, they all bitch about Yeah, officials. but he he. There was like five coaches extra-
1: last week that, like... There was like five stories I read. That the South... That's what coaches do. Because it's such a high-pressurized thing now. You lose a game, and it's your profession. When I first saw this game, I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I... Thought the same thing, Michigan, and and I, and I just now I don't I I don't have an opinion. I just think it's going. to and Maybe
0: be, I'm just trying to reverse whammy it the way I'm I, going. So
1: I just think it's going. This to, is
0: Notre Dame's last losable quote unquote
1: game. Uh, yeah, they're probably not going to lose a Stanford
0: or Virginia Tech
1: at home. Probably not. Not Navy. Yeah. And by the way, uh, the, the boy who you told me three who, who Feinbaum, who you said three weeks ago went on and said that Clemson could... could Well, they came on this week, and somebody asked him, like, if Clemson goes unbeaten, oh, no, they're in. they were getting, So so where did he change his mind in two weeks? I, I don't get this. Well, Georgia losing. No, 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 but that has nothing to do with it. I'm just telling you, I think that's what it probably was. But the Georgia losing, if anything, could make... Because if Georgia wins out and beats Bama, you could have Bama sitting there with one... No, 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 no. You got Clemson two- is getting into the playoff unless... There are four other unbeaten teams, which there's not going to be, okay. And even if that was the case, you cannot keep a team that's the defending champ, that's won two of the last three years, that hasn't lost in two years out of the playoffs.
0: Well, and we can also say that right now, the playoff is, you know, and the playoff rankings come out. I think next week for the first time. I don't care
1: about the first playoff rankings. Okay,
0: but right now you're four. Are pretty solid on who should be in. You know, o- Oklahoma. But that will change.
1: Yeah, as of right now. As of right now, it's Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama. Right. Or no, no, no. no well, gotta, ba- ba- the no. Bama LSU winner. Right, because one of them is going to lose. But um, there is no way on God's green earth that Clemson goes 12 and 13 and 0. I don't care who they've played, who they've beaten. And some team that's thir- 12 and 1 from right, the SEC. From, from, Right. Is getting in ahead of them. It ain't happening. I'm just telling you. Great job by the way, Wisconsin. Um Well, let's see what they do this week. Oh my that, that can't happen.
0: That can't happen.
1: See, Kevin, here's what's wrong. You say that and every week stuff happens. Yeah, it does. So that's what makes college football college football. Which means it's time to go to the NFL. Yeah, I, I
0: and, and look, you and I Vanna
1: I'd like to buy a clue for two hundred, please. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? I may not make a pick. You got to make... I, I'm, I'm going to give you my opinions, but I, I honestly, God... All right,
0: I'll go. I'll go with my, my four.
1: Yeah, I, go ahead. Maybe I agree with some of them. Maybe I don't agree with some of them. This, by the way, would be, when I looked at this, this could be a teaser week, and that's bad. It is. See, but the lines that I'm seeing, and I'll... Uh, are the kind of lines where there's some seven-point favorites where I think they're going to win the game, but I'm not sure, you know, if they're going to win by seven. And then there's those 13-point favorites where if you put them in a three-team, you could kind of get it down to, like, four. But well, you know they're sucker bets, but... Go ahead. You give me yours. I'm going to start
0: in Motor City. I'm going to take the Lions. I'll lay the six-and-a-half. Look, Detroit started out really well. They got screwed in. They got more than screwed in. Uh, up in uh, Green Bay, yep, lost last week. They're a desperate team. I think the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley got re-injured last week. Um,
1: I would just sit Saquon Barkley for the rest of the
0: year. Yeah, if I was then, but- I, I I just don't like this spot for the Giants. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones going on the road. I'll take Detroit, late a six and a half. Okay. Second game, the Colts. How are the Colts only a five and a half point favorite at home against the Broncos? Because it's
1: the NFL. Because there's probably, that's fine. I'm just, you asked why. I'm probably Denver's, if I looked into it, Denver's probably like, you know, four and two against the spread on the road when they're getting, whatever. There's reasons why they're five and a half. But you can like what the Colts. Cause actually, I like that side. That yeah, too, but- I yeah, I like the Colts. And- but that's a teaser game. See, that's a teaser game to me. But that's so fine. Okay, who's your third? I'm taking the Buccaneers plus two and a half over the Titans. Boy, you got problems because that was another game I was looking at, <laughs> and I got no good reason. But they're coming off a bye. I know, I know. They. I think Jameis Winston's playing for his job. Eh, I think it's more of an anti-Tennessee. I bet. think in I think Tennessee's awful. <laughs> Well, they won last week, didn't they? Because I think they screwed. They beat the Chargers on a bad call at the end, but they yeah. beat the Chargers. So take the Buccaneers. I'll get the two and a half. Okay.
0: Final pick. Take the Bills. Lay the one and a half over the Eagles. Okay. I don't. I don't it's, it's, see it's where any. Actually, it's,
1: it's two and a half. It's two and a half yeah, now. It's two and a half. Okay. But that's okay.
0: I don't see where anybody can watch what the Eagles were last week. And feel comfortable at all about them
1: rallying. The only reason you would, you would think is they're because they're desperate, and they've lost two in a row. And like most said, you know, how often do you lose three in a row? But I, I'm staying away from it because I just I can make a case both ways. I, Buffalo, I don't think is a great team. I think they're a good team. Um, I think the coach probably wants to win this game. You know. Uh, It's up there Yeah, Sean McDermott,
0: obviously Yeah, Sean McDermott McDermott.
1: um, But yeah, I don't have great faith in their quarterback either But but with the Eagles down to
0: one healthy tackle One healthy NFL Would you be
1: surprised if this isn't like a close game though at the end?
0: Well, yeah Look, Buffalo didn't look great
1: last week against Miami But I think the Eagles are going to have a chance in this game Like with seven minutes to go but I don't I see, know what I see means, like a
0: 24-21 game or something, and you know I'll take Buffalo at home.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll stay away. I, I, did, I did like your Tampa play. So You like at, the Colt play? I like the Colts. I, I like it. Like, I couldn't play Denver. Like, I'm, I'm looking at these games like, who could I play? I, I couldn't play Denver. The problem is sometimes the Colts are coming off a big win. You know, that's kind of maybe the Colts win by a field goal. Mm-hmm. And then you have... That's why, like, I would love to play a teaser where I put the Colts with something. And I was trying to think what the something was. Now, you got Houston giving seven at home to Oakland. They're coming off a bad game last week. That I, would, I Oakland's I, could, still in the middle of their road trip from I, I home. Could, I could see – I'll put it this way. I, I'll probably throw it out there on the thing. Colts and Houston is a teaser that those two teams will win. You know, because there's also, like, Seattle and Atlanta – now they're laying a touchdown. That,
0: well, last I, hate I saw, that, I hate Atlanta. Last I saw, there was no line <laughs> because on Matt game, Ryan. Matt don't Ryan.
1: Know. Um, do you like anybody in the KC Green Bay game?
0: I don't know what's going to happen with Mahomes.
1: Yeah, because I, I, like I said, I say one game I looked at. and I don't know why.
0: What's uh, New England is what?
1: Uh, New England's thirteen. To Steve, the Rams are thirteen, and I believe Minnesota was seventeen
0: going into Thursday night. Right. Yeah.
1: So in theory. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. yeah, um, like you could, because you could play a three and the Steelers.
0: I think were nine or two.
1: that was the other one, right? I was looking at against
0: Miami it. at home, right? So
1: you could play the Steelers. I'd stay away from Minnesota because because if you tease that down to 17-9, that's six. You know, but you could tease New England down to four, the Rams down to four. Um, I mean, maybe Cleveland comes up with a good effort. I, I you know, not you know, New England's not going to beat everybody by twenty. And, and the Steelers. But the one game I was looking at, and I don't know why, and you tell me if I'm nuts, Carol- nuts, Carolina's getting five and a half at San Francisco. And Carolina's been playing really good. I know. And San Francisco's unbeaten. I mean, they, they, they're coming off, what was it, nine-nothing last week in the, in the rain at Washington. I just think for some reason, Carolina can go out there and play a tight game. And I'm probably, you know, I, I don't know how good San Francisco is yet. I think their defense is really good. Um, and we're going to find out because they're, they they might be the number one seed in the NFC, just because of the schedule or whatever is going to work out. But I don't know. But I I, I I'll, I'll do the Tampa Bay's. I'll do that two team teaser, mm-hmm. three team teaser, and and the card, I just don't like the card. I you know I tried to find a reason to play the Eagles, and I just couldn't come up with a strong enough. No, because the, the reason basically is I don't think they would lose. You know I don't think. I think Buffalo, of the three road games, they're probably the worst team of the three. I think but it's be, the toughest place it, to go play. W- and when they're getting them, the yeah. third game of a road trip. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting, regardless of what happens this week, to see what happens next week with the Bears at home. Because that's a game you can't lose. Like, you could lose this game and beat the Bears, beat Seattle. Or and lose the New England. Well, you know. I mean, I'm not going to say they can't beat New England, but the Bears game next week, regardless of what happened, you you have to win that game. And the Bears, it'll be a revenge game, but they don't look good. No. Trubisky looks, you know, like Trubisky. Like a mistake. Like a mistake. And But the Bears defense will keep you, you know, the way the Eagles offense is playing. You, when you play a good defense, they, they only scored 10 points last week. I mean, 10 points, none in the, in the second half. Against
0: right? a, against a- Dallas defense, which is okay, not quick. Yeah, quite.
1: I mean, uh, I don't know. The Eagle, I, I got to figure out the Eagles. Um, my heart tells me they're going to win this week. I, I I don't know why. I I, I think it's going to be. I'm going with my brain. Got, I think you got the score about right, like 24-20, some 27. I'm,
0: go, I'm going the, the brain instead of the heart. I've gone heart every other week.
1: and uh, Well, no, I didn't think they were going to. Uh, last week, I didn't have a good feeling. The Minnesota one, I really didn't have a good feeling, but, um, eh, hey, look, that's why they play. We get surprised every week by four or five final scores in this league. You know, you sit there and go, "That, that." I mean, like, 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 uh, Houston losing last week, mm-hmm. you know, and by a lot. Yeah. Like, and I, and I was really starting to get on the, the the Sean Watson bandwagon and everything, and and that's why this league is so it is so week to week. That you just have to take it like a deep, but you know if the Eagles win this week and beat the Bears, they're five and four playing the Pats, and and I mean they'll either be tied for the division or one game back. Um, so I'm not ready to, but but it just doesn't look good. It hasn't been a good look the last two weeks. It really well, and you and
0: I were talking about this about uh, about a couple things. Uh, one, you know. I- I just think that the, the, if you look at the NFL right now, I don't know, maybe it's uh, this an unpopular opinion. It just doesn't feel like anything's clicking right now. Like, as far as... Clicking for who? Well, like, as a viewer, like, I almost feel like the AFC is already determined. Um, especially if Mahomes is not going to be 100% the rest of the year.
1: Well, Mahomes might play this week.
0: I know, but... It, it, it just—I don't know—but the yeah. AFC's always determined, pretty much. Well, the, one of the finalists is determined. Yeah, least. I mean, yeah, but and and, it, and, and but the, things happen. I, I, I know it just doesn't—I don't know. Maybe it's the level of the officiating. Maybe it's a lot of different things. I think but it's a it lot, just doesn't there, feel there's
1: a lot of quarterbacks who ain't playing. That too. I think that plays into it when Breeze isn't playing and um, Cam Newton's not playing, but their teams are winning which is the you know the amazing thing to me Roethlisberger's out um yeah it's i mean and yes there is that thing like okay okay we know New England's probably going to be in the AFC final but what are you going to do about it i mean that's that's been life for most of the last decade and a half um
0: but like i'll, I'll give you an example next week okay the primetime games next week cleveland at denver is the 425 game or I'm sorry, Green Bay at the Chargers, which is not a big game anymore either. New England at ball
1: that could be an entertaining game though.
0: Yeah, New England at Baltimore,
1: that, that's a good game.
0: Dallas and the Giants.
1: No, that's not a good game.
0: And the Thursday night San Fran Arizona.
1: It just, I don't know. It just hasn't felt like. Well, I, mean, the- I mean, you're getting to see Kyler Kyler Murray play. I mean. You know some of these young quarterbacks have actually been playing fairly well. you
0: do have Houston it's funny the 930 a.m. game next week from London, which is the last of the okay. London
1: games Houston who Houston Jacksonville see Jacksonville doesn't do anything for me Jack Jacksonville's one of those teams I look at and they just maybe if they had foals but they don't do anything for me at all um why they just don't what, what, what am I supposed to get um, excited about with Jacksonville? Give me a reason, please. I would say Minshew, but that's me. Great, that's I mean, wonderful. But they're they're like a blah franchise. I mean, two years ago they were really good. Um, I think the NFC could be really interesting. I mean, you have Green Bay, the Saints, um, maybe the Cowboys or the or I, I won't say the Eagles because they can't I can't go there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Francisco I think is a really interesting story, and I still think you still have the Rams. I wouldn't, get, and, and Seattle might be a factor at some point, but I think the Forty Nine ers are a really interesting story. It's just that you know uh, we don't hear as much about it, um, probably because they're on the West Coast. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I hear what you're saying, but it's still the NFL. So I mean, I, I think Baltimore is a good story. I think the quarterback for Baltimore is a real good story. Because I didn't think he was going to be this good. No. I really did the, the rookie in Saint in, in, in Arizona is playing well. The team's not great, but they're playing well. I'll tell you another good story. The Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they are. Your Hall of Fame quarterback tells you a week before the season, hey, I'm hanging it up. And Brissett's how, how about this? Two former Pat backups are leading teams that right now are pretty good. And Reich's doing a really good job. By the way, I'm looking at the schedule for next week in college football.
0: Biggest game is obviously Georgia Florida, but there's not a lot like Wofford Clemson. Like it, we're entering that stretch of the year where you get
1: it'll be picking up.
0: It'll be picking up.
2: You yeah, have LSU, L- Bama, the a week the, after, after that, it. so that'll make up for yeah,
1: it. It will. Um, by the way, Liberty is favored by seven. How, has your, how's your favorite Toledo squad? Nah, they, they, they. In fact, I asked my guy this week. And he goes, Ugh. I think they're laying three at home to one of obviously one of the MAC teams now. But Liberty, think about this, is favored by a touchdown at Rutgers.
0: It's going to be, think about great, that. Greg Shiana is going to have a
1: hell of a try. To think re- about that. Know. They're favored by seven. And the other game, interesting Connecticut's favored by 10 at UMass. The, the three worst teams in college football are, are probably UMass, Akron. And it was Bowling Green, but I don't know if that would still... Rutgers is in that mix somewhere. UMass it, is getting 10 at home from UConn. UConn ain't much. No. It's just... I th- I'm telling you, I th- I really think the Temple... It, it's a shame nobody will show up. I know. Because it's Temple and it's Saturday night. People have better things to do. I mean, they'll get a crime. I know what I'm knowing. You're going to be there? You're Covering it? I'm across the street, actually. I'm You're across the, I'm at the Flyers-Columbus uh, okay. C- game. But I think Temple... I think that's gonna be a pretty good football game. Um, I don't know what that means, but I mean I think it'll be a pretty good football game.
0: All right, partner. Been a busy week here. Obviously next Tuesday we'll do it all over again and uh start breaking down, I guess.
1: It'll we'll be back to just the Eagles at that point. Right, we'll talk some Sixers here too. Yeah, one of these weeks we just gotta do one show. I'm getting two two is we we're we're, we're talking too much. That this week was good because the man they hired the yeah. manager they did all we got to do flyers well we we really should get Martinez or one of these one of those shows next week I know people aren't into flyers yet I I get all that but we probably should um and, and the Sixers but I mean look this this Sixer season is going to be really weird because they're going to win between fifty five and sixty games mm-hmm. they're either going to be the first seed or the second seed buying something totally stupid yep and you got to live through all that. To get to to the end And even the first round of the playoffs You're not going to care Because they're not going to lose that series No And you got to wait six months Yep Uh, And 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 people are already And I understand why They have a reason to be excited And then we're going to play uh, That kind of basketball Yeah going to be fun Hey they're They're the best shot We got to win a title That's true Thank you, Michael Yeah, baby
0: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks to Jeff Mosher. Thanks to all of you. Uh, Hope you have a great weekend. Be back here on Tuesday. Working the beat. Pizza Palooza.